You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, the home for those looking for expertise and inspiration on all things Western big game hunting. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 29, where we talk with Bob Polanik on Nebraska whitetail hunting. Hello, how's it going? Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, presented by Heads Up Decoy. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you're out doing some hunting of your own. I actually just got back from my mule deer hunt. In Colorado, I drew a second season, or not drew, I, I purchased a leftover second season mule deer rifle tag, and uh, it was a it was a pretty amazing hunt. Um, not from the standpoint that it was like grueling hard and, you know, we, we hunted our asses off, but my, my girlfriend and I, uh, we went out opening day, Saturday morning. She was able to kill uh, a great mule deer within the first half hour of the hunt, and we got that all processed up and, and taken care of, went home that night, came back the next morning, same spot, and I was able to take my first mule deer, um, first day of hunting, about a half hour into it as well. So we, we put down a double uh, back-to-back days. I got my first mule deer, and I actually wrote a blog article about it. If you haven't checked it out, it's called, called Colorado Mule Deer Double. It's on my website, so I kind of highlight the hunt there and, and show some of the pictures, and I, I, I'm just tickled to death with him. It's, it's a cool experience. He's a nice 5x5 five five muley, and I couldn't be happier. So that, that was pretty cool. That's what I have going on. I'm gearing up for a whitetail hunt. I was planning on heading out to Nebraska, hence why I have uh, Bob on the show today because I because I was kind of picking his picking his brain on, on lots of things and talked to him about hunting in Nebraska but I have since changed and um, over the last couple weeks and I am now going to head to Oklahoma and the reason being the main factor is that Nebraska's gun season is the I think it starts the 10th and goes to the 17th so it's kind of that week I wanted to hunt and I don't really want to be out there competing with the rifle hunters and I, and I did want to bow hunt. So I've moved uh, a couple states to the south and I'm now going to hunt Oklahoma. 
their gun season doesn't kick off till the following weekend. So I'm going to hunt that 10th through the 17th and see if I can get something something rolling there. So stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be really cool. It's DIY public land bow hunting, and I'm just going to go for it. I haven't really, I've never been there before just doing some scouting on Google earth and Onyx maps and just kind of checking everything out and going out on a whim and going to give it a go. So stay tuned for that. Today's episode, we have Bob Polanik. And again, as I alluded to earlier, I was planning on hunting Nebraska. So I started picking Bob's brain. I found some of his videos online and, uh, you know, decided to have him on the show. And, and we really just kind of talk about Nebraska whitetail hunting. He's hunted there for a number of years. And then we also talk about Iowa as well. Me and him um, kind of share that. I hunted there last year. He drew the tag this year. So we talk about that and gaining access and, and what it's like kind of hunting, um, you know, Nebraska and how it, how it differs from where he grew up in Michigan. And, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's just a good, you know, storytelling, some tactics in there and some strategy. But, you know, most importantly, we just really talk about, you know, getting out and going on that out-of-state hunt because it really opens your eyes. And I know what you're thinking, this is a Western big game podcast and now it's a, it's a whitetail episode, but <laughs> I, I have my roots from Michigan and, and that's what I cut my teeth on. So um, there's definitely going to be a couple episodes throughout the year that <laughs> pertain to whitetail hunting. Although I try to keep it a little bit more Western, um, you know, focused, whether it's Kansas or Nebraska or, you know, maybe I'll talk about Oklahoma, but I'll always, I'll always throw a couple whitetail episodes in there. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get Bob Polanik on the line. Before we begin, I forgot to mention we did have a little bit of audio quality technical difficulties about 15, 20 minutes from now. So you'll notice we change over from his microphone and I'm talking, then talking to him on his phone. So you'll notice a difference in the audio level and, and uh, it'll sound a little different. So I just wanted to make you aware of that it's not on your side, it's on mine. So um, without further ado, here's Bob Polanik. All right. Well, on the line list now, we have Bob Polanik. How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. Doing well. You're a you're a fellow Michigander, and I tell you what, you know, seeing seeing you do some hunting and and uh, being out in the woods this time of year in Michigan makes me miss home a little bit. So how 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 are things there, man? Uh it's pretty good. I live in uh, northern Michigan, and we're dealing with a little bit of snow off and on, but uh, the uh, hunting's just starting to really kick up. There's a lot of sign out in the woods, but uh, as much as I love hunting this great state of Michigan, uh, I'm headed uh, uh, out to the Midwest, and uh, I couldn't be more excited for that. So, yeah, that was that was always my thing growing up. Like I love hunting Michigan. It's where I cut my teeth, and you see a lot of deer. But when you want to kind of bump it up a notch and get to that next kind of caliber of hunting where you're starting to get into some of those older age class, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. Um, you know, you just gotta get, you gotta get outside of Michigan. There's, it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just the reality of what you're kind of up against. So, um, that's cool to hear that you're, you're getting ready to hit the road. 
Yeah, man. So you 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 grew up with uh, like Chris Nolan and Chad Nolan, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to school with Chris. He was a senior when I was a freshman. We were on the golf team together, and okay. yeah, Chris is uh, Chris is a good buddy of mine. Nice. And nice. And, and, and you, then, uh, how so do you, you know Chris? Do you you went to college with him? I I did not. So one of my best friends went to college with him, and then Chris was the. Uh, president of western michigan fishing club and i pretty much met him through that at a bunch of different steelhead tournaments and stuff like that and we just over the years became really good friends and uh now uh i mean he lives out in bozeman and now i'm out there every every other year going elk hunting with him or floating down the yellowstone with him or something like that but uh we were sitting there on the mountainside talking and he uh he brought up your name and i was like no kidding i was like i i know that guy we we've taught you and i have talked uh via instagram a couple times but uh yeah yeah small world man <laughs> i know it's uh it's funny how small the hunting community is and then um you know kind of when you get to know lots of people you're you're relatively connected to pretty much anyone <laughs> anyone out there which is which is fun especially when it's all all a passion and and you love what you do you, you there's no stranger in this industry right right exactly so you uh were you out in montana this past fall or or was that last year uh, I was out in Montana this year. Uh, yeah, so mid September. Chris and I went uh, elk hunting. I think it was our, I think our third year hunting together. So nice, nice. Yeah, I haven't talked with Chris since then. But how did how did that hunt go? Did did you guys get into any action? Any shots fired? Uh, no shots fired. I was uh, Chris. Chris is really good at uh, calling. Kind of, he's got a. A different way of doing it he's uh he takes the exact opposite approach of uh a lot of guys that um do a lot of bugling he's kind of the exact opposite he does a lot of cow calling and kind of doesn't doesn't really bugle much at all unless it i mean unless it's a um like the last ditch effort basically but uh so he did great he did great at calling in uh uh i think three or four bulls for me um, one of which I was, uh, full draw and, uh, the last day I was at full draw for probably 45 seconds and, uh, just didn't have a, a clean shot, but no, we had, we had some good action, had good weather and, uh, we kind of, uh, it was our third year hunting together, but we finally developed a good system of, uh, kind of how to hunt together. It takes a little while to build that chemistry with, uh, your elk hunting partner that you only hunt with one week out of the year so yeah for sure it's it's a different game and i i know i watched is, the video i think is on your youtube channel right of the chris's out kill from a couple years ago that was that was pretty amazing that was awesome footage and a sweet bowl for him to take with a bow it was, it was really amazing We hunted for. I think I oh, lost you. I think I lost you there for a second, Bob. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm back now. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, so I I was just uh saying about the video that you know you took of Chris shooting that bull and you guys hunting together. It was really amazing. That was a sweet bull with a bow, and and uh, that was two years ago, right? Yeah, that was two years ago, and 
we actually had shot we both got a bull that year we we hunted and we each shot a we each shot a bull i i held uh an elk tag in my pocket for about 36 hours before i <laughs> filled my tag so wow very very fortunate didn't didn't exactly go down that way this year but hey that's that's hunting it's still fun to be out there especially from michigan being able to go out there and do some mountain hunting that's that's uh pretty special absolutely absolutely so you recently uh looks like you just took down a nice doe was that here this past couple days or what what went down with that that was last night so uh nice congrats man yeah thank you thank you kind of did went uh solo mission on it and uh it's a farm that up in uh northern michigan and cousin lives on it and he's got a six wheeler and whatnot and he offered to help but uh kind of just said no i'll get this one out on my own and had a a mild i don't know 150 yard drag out but it it felt good to kind of just do it on my own and you know set up a tripod take a couple photos and get her home and hung up so yeah that is cool man like you know one thing i've kind of although i i love hunting with people and i love hunting with buddies and you know my girlfriend and whatever but I almost feel like for myself, I just need that kind of alone time and that alone experience to really kind of gather my thoughts and just kind of be with myself. And, you know, what you described there of just kind of going out and doing it on your own and, you know, not have anybody around. It's 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 a magical moment and it's very rewarding in, in its own sense. So that's that's really awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, I've had a little bit of a frustrating season. Just I've had a few hunts where... Well, I've had more hunts that I have. And Bob, you still there? Hey, Bob, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I don't know why it uh, keeps dropping off. I don't know if it's something with, with my end or, or what. Uh, it's probably on my end because I live in the boonies. I live on a... <laughs> I live on a seasonal road, and uh, I'm using my my phone as a uh, hotspot. Got it, so. got it, got it. No worries. Um, yeah, if uh, you know, we can always do it on the phone too, if that works. But uh, it's it's not that big of a deal if it keeps popping back up. Um, but you but you said you said you kind of had a frustrating season uh, so far. I I know you had posted a picture on your Instagram of you kind of wounding that buck. Did you ever end up kind of coming across him or? What's the story with that? Yeah, no, I never, never came across him. So I, uh, I shot an eight point and, oh, I kind of, I kind of rushed the shot a little bit and I just, I hit him high and, uh, kind of hit him forward a little bit and I watched him. He ran for about 150 yards and then, uh, he kind of walked off and I was able to, it was in a field and I was able to watch him the whole time through my binoculars and I, I watched what I thought was him tipping over, but come to find out it's kind of him just falling down. And it was in a, like a thick, like brushy area. And, uh, I, I figured he tipped over and was dead there. And so I didn't even really get on a blood trail. I went to where I saw him tip over and, uh, I guess quote unquote tip over. And, uh, I got there and there was, he wasn't there. So I, uh, I marked his last blood 
um, which there was blood where he went down. I don't know if he just bedded down for a little bit or, um, but yeah, he, he got back up and he kind of circled back to where he came from and went down into a Crick bottom. And, uh, so I let him lay overnight and I got, I got back on in the morning and that's where I found him down the Crick bottom. And I, I jumped him out of his bed at like 10 AM the next morning and he took off, um, and he the property i hunt is adjacent to school property and as soon as he went on that school property there's no weapons allowed so that kind of eliminated any possibility for a spot and stock and it's kind of like well he's obviously still alive today so i waited another day and uh i could never get back on blood but i did a lot of grid searching and just never came up never found him so i'm hoping he's still alive but i've got a few cameras out and he hasn't popped back on him yet so yeah yeah um, that's that's tough, but you know, that's, that's also the reality of bow hunting. And, you know, I commend you for posting that and, you know, and, you know, kind of your description, it's, there's always things to be learned, um, about bow hunting and, and lessons to take away from any scenario. And I've, we've all been there. I've had the, a similar scenario last year on public land in Iowa and shot a great buck and, and just got one long and could not find him after two days of tracking. And it's just, just how it goes. And I, and I think some people feel ashamed by it sometimes. Yeah, it sucks. It's not what we want, but you know, it's definitely the reality. And, and, uh, you know, if you learn from it, that's, that's all you can do going forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And, and with like Instagram or Facebook, a lot of it's, uh, it's just a highlight reel. It's a, yeah. and it's not even, not even in the hunting community, but it's just kind of in everyone's daily lives, but it's, it's always uh, the best it, thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it feels good to be honest and kind of just say, "Hey, you know, it's this is real life, and uh, I'm a real I'm a real person. I make errors just like everyone else, and maybe promote some other people to be able to be a little more honest and stuff like that." So yeah, no, I think it, I think it's great. You know, some man sometimes. I just, <laughs> I love social media for the fact that it like connects people, but sometimes, you know, just for that standpoint, I just feel like sometimes it's just a showboating fest and, um, sometimes it can be difficult to like see other people's like Instagrams or Facebooks of all the kind of best success stuff. And, and you kind of put yourself in that same, same thing. Like, oh man, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I could do that. And you kind of almost feel like you get down on yourself sometimes so it's it's nice to see the the both sides of it you know from from you showing the the real life aspect yeah absolutely and uh i'm kind of hoping that um with with that particular buck like the story's not over and maybe you can get back on him but yeah just to be uh to be open and honest about it i think is good and and hopefully it gives does come back maybe someone can kind of go down the same path and have a little hope themselves for sure for sure so so you're uh it looks like you're gonna be hunting nebraska again this year i mean you have been talking a little bit you know kind of just chatting through instagram but i was actually doing my own research and, and looking to hunt nebraska this fall and i was searching on youtube and and one of your videos came up i believe from from last year so that's uh I was like, oh man, I know Bob. And uh, so that's when I messaged you and I was like, hey man, what do you, what do you know about Nebraska? I'm looking into hunting it. And uh, it looks like you guys had a really cool hunt last year. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was challenging. It was one of those hunts where uh, I had set out to 
uh, film my wife and kind of the, the real goal was to film my wife, um, harvesting, uh, hopefully a mature buck. And, uh, was kind of looking to submit it to like a uh, full draw film tour or something like that. I was trying to get a white tail film in there. But, um, after I think five or six days of filming her, I think we were down to our last day and, uh, told her to, I was trying to get her to sit in a certain tree stand that had kind of been neglected for a few days. And she didn't want to because we had been having uh, buck encounters in a, a, a whole different area. And so she wanted to go there, and she kind of just said, you know what, it's the last day. You've been filming me the whole time. You have a tag in your pocket as well. Why don't you Why don't you go sit there, and, and I'll go where I want to go, and we'll just kind of divide and conquer. And I you know, I said, absolutely. At this point, you know, yeah. we're just trying to fill a tag. Yep. So lo and behold, uh about 8 a.m., um, I had a I had a nice eight point down that uh, we had seen probably three or four times throughout the week, and uh, I, I had I was covered up in deer the whole morning. I think I had 24 different deer in in bow range by 8 a.m. I mean, from the from the break of day to the time I shot that deer, and even a little bit afterwards, I had deer all around me. I had small bucks chasing does and the buck I shot actually had come by me two different times that morning. So yeah, it ended up being a really cool hunt and ending for me, but, uh, not so much for my wife. So <laughs> we are, uh, we're headed back out there this year to, uh, hope she can redeem herself and, uh, we can get her, uh, a, a buck down and hopefully get it on film as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool that you and and her actually enjoy hunting, and you know, like she enjoys coming you coming with you on these trips and and partaking. And sounds like she's she's pretty hardcore into it, and that's kind of a rarity these days. And I know for myself, my girlfriend Jenna, she's she's really big into hunting, and 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 for me, that's really important to have somebody who shares the same passion. And you know, because obviously, as hunters we're spending a lot of time in the woods and we're, you know, traveling across the country and it's just kind of selfish, um, in a, from a standpoint, if you're, if your significant other girlfriend, wife, um, doesn't necessarily enjoy that same passion. So that's cool that she's really involved with you. And I'm sure that's, that's really fun. Yeah. It's, uh, pros and cons, man. (laughs) You definitely get to hunt, you get to hunt a little bit more than, uh, probably the average guy or you get away with it a little bit more, but, uh, at the same time, I mean, if your wife does something that a tree stand or, I don't know, misses a deer or something like that, you can't really say the same things to her that you could to your <laughs> buddy. So you kind of got to bite your tongue a little bit. And, uh, and, yeah. and then on top of that, I mean, you do start running into like, hey, you know, my wife and I, we hunt together quite a bit, but, and she's gotten better at it. But at first I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to go hunt with my buddies this weekend or something like that. And she's like, well, I was planning on hunting with you this weekend. So that will get, <laughs> that gets a little tricky, but, um, you can, you just gotta have conversations and work it all out. So, yeah, yeah, for but. sure. For sure. So, um, kind of what I wanted to dive in today is more along the lines of kind of like, you know, the Western, kind of whitetail and and talking about nebraska and 
and kind of your experiences there because um, you know although my podcast is more kind of western big game focused I like to keep it you know I like I'm always drawn back to whitetails this time of year my, my mind is always <laughs> circling to that so you know talking about Nebraska and you know maybe how you got started um, with that when when did you start hunting Nebraska have you been going there for the past couple years when did that all begin so the first time I ever hunted it was in 2010. I used to travel a lot for work and I was doing a, uh, like a dredging project on the Missouri river. And, um, while I was there during hunting season. So, you know, I looked at Nebraska, I think I looked at, I don't know, South Dakota and then I want to say Minnesota. That's the kind of the area I was in. All, all those, those three states kind of come together in the area I'm at, which is like North East Nebraska and uh, Nebraska was the cheapest over the contact. So I grabbed that. And then one of the local guys that we were working with, he had a farm um, just like an hour South of where we were working. And he gave me permission to go hunt his farm, which is like a, I don't know, 140 acre farm with maybe like 40 acres of timber on it. And uh, back in 2010, when I wasn't really that big of a bow hunter um, and uh, I had like three days to fill my tag <laughs> So I jumped up in a tree stand that was uh, already set up, and I shot a six-point that kind of scored more than uh, 30 inches, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it was, it was just a year-old dink, and uh, yeah, I, I was, I was stoked, you know. You know, so oh, yeah. my first non-resident tag, I was super pumped, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, yep. So I just kind of kept in touch with the landowner. Um, since then and then 2016 uh finally made it back there and so 2016 i went out there with a buddy um like way more serious way more knowledge you know i think we even went out there in late july and hung stands and cameras and did some scouting um and then we went back in november for a week and uh did a week-long hunt and we Right out the gate, we both missed the biggest buck of our lives, which still would have been the biggest buck of our lives. But um, oh man, that's all on video. Yeah, that's all on <laughs> video too. It's on a. I didn't. I didn't hide that either. That there's a 2016 Nebraska hunt on my YouTube page. Anyone can go watch, and they're going to see me just wide, wide left, completely miss like a probably like a 140, and. Uh, yeah, and this was on that same this on that same hundred and forty acre piece that you had hunted years yeah. prior. Oh wow, cool. Yep, yep, exact same same exact farm. So, um, so yeah, my, my buddy and I actually both missed the same buck twenty four hours apart from each other. He missed it the first morning <laughs> oh, we were there. Man. He shot under it, so we drove through the night. Like we got out of work at five, go through the night, jumped in tree stands right at daybreak, and. uh, yeah, he shot under it at 30 yards. It was all foggy. And then the next day, I shot way left of it. I just, as I as I drew back and shot my bow, as I shot, I just moved my bow, like, out of my sight so I could, like, out of my line of vision with the buck. And it just kind of dragged my arrow to the left of the deer. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, um, man, we had a lot of big buck encounters that back in 2016 that whole week and my buddy was able to fill his tag i think second to last day and i i went home uh 
empty handed, but, um, came back the following year, last year. And, um, yeah, was able to fill my tag and hopefully, uh, my wife, it will be her second year there and hopefully she has the same luck as me on my second year. So for sure, for sure. And is that, is Nebraska the only, um, state that you've hunted out of state from Michigan or have you, if you went to some different places? I've done a couple of different places just with uh, the traveling I did for work. So um, I've done Nebraska, and then I've done – I did New York. I worked in New York for like two and a half years. But I would say New York is very comparable to Michigan. Yeah. A lot of hunters, um, a lot of similar-sized deer and age structure. But I was able to get – I got a 100-acre lease for like 500 bucks a year. Oh, wow. And uh, Which was, yeah, incredible. And uh, shot a couple decent bucks off there. And uh, that's kind of really what got me going into um, thinking more about how deer move and when to hunt mature bucks and just, you know, reading a lot of blogs and books and watching a lot of videos and reading a lot of forums on how to hunt mature bucks. That's kind of where it all started up, I don't know, 2012, 13 in New York. But, yeah, so I've, I've done a few out of staters and uh i think this year yeah nebraska and then uh i was well was kind of on the on the schedule nice nice now um nebraska obviously it's it's pretty different from where you hunt or grew up hunting in in northern michigan and, and kind of when i was watching some of your videos there it seems like it's kind of that that river bottom type you know nebraska can be pretty open just like kansas just like eastern colorado oklahoma south dakota but you get it you're kind of your main focus kind of what you're keying in on are are kind of some of these wooded draw river bottoms that correct that is correct the the farm that we hunt specifically is actually right on the missouri river so it's a it's basically a giant river bottom it's a whole bunch of huge cottonwoods with one thick brush that's probably all the brush is super thick and it's like 20 feet tall and then there's a there's cottonwoods like every 20 to 30 yards and uh you get up 20 feet and you can just see perfectly over all the brush and there's just little pockets that are open that you find and or there's or field edges because it's all farmland too yeah so um that's kind of what that's kind of what we're hunting um uh, it's really all that, the, like that, that farm, like that's just like the geography features of it. So nice, nice. And, um, so with that, are you, are you, are you setting up on field edges and, and, and that stuff too, or are you mainly kind of hunting the thicker cover? Cause you're kind of hunting it usually more in November, kind of the rut. Oh, uh, it's about 50, 50. There's a, the way they move through that thick stuff is pretty good. Uh, there's just a lot of they they travel up and down the the edge of the river through the timber. It's kind of where the it's the only the only timber in the whole area is along the edges of the Missouri River. So there's probably I don't know quarter acre it's quarter acre wide strip of timber that goes up and down the Missouri, and then after that it's all it's all farm. It's all like to the west of all that. It's all farm. It's all ag fields. And usually, typically when I'm out there, it's all cut or, you know, it's beans. It's been cut for a while. I think this year it's corn. 
and the corn should still, yeah, I talked to my buddy out there today, the corn's still up and I guess it's been pretty wet out there. So corn should be up for a little while. I'm, I'm hoping we'll be out there next week. I'm hoping they're cutting the corn while we're there because anytime you get in that situation, I mean, it's just, it's, it's absolute chaos. It's deer just funneling into all the timber as, as the corn's getting cut and you can see some, you can see a lot of deer, you can see all day long and you can see some really nice bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really cool. Especially coming from Michigan where you, you know, you, you maybe don't have the same, same sightings all the time. I know that was mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me when I started hunting Kansas. I was like, man, like just the age structure, the amount of deer, deer doing things that you see on TV, like responding to rattling or <laughs> coming into calls, you yeah. do that stuff in Michigan. It's, it's uh, a lot of times can hurt you more than actually help you. Do you find the same thing? Like you yeah. see a lot of good movement, um, you know, rattling, calling, um, you know, older age class bucks as comparative to where you hunt in Michigan. Oh, a- a- absolutely, man. It's, uh, the, the deer population, the density, it's so high The the age structure is great. I mean, that was the best part about bringing my wife out there. All she had known was Northern Michigan hunting where half the time you don't see deer. And then we go out there and like, it's, it was, it's honestly like a TV show. Oh, it's yeah. like you see 20 deer per sit. You're normally going to see at least one mature buck per, per hunt. I mean, not always in bow range or anything like that, but you're always going to get eyes on, on a big boy. And then I mean, the coolest thing I think I've ever seen, I've only seen it a couple of times and it's always been in Nebraska is watching a mature buck chase a doe through corn and watching each row of corn just like get folded over as like his rack just takes out the <laughs> corn stalk. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he pops out the edge and you're like, yep, that's, that's that big boy folding all those corn stalks over. It's like, <laughs> it's just, it's just incredible. So, and yeah, like you said, they're, they're a lot more responsive to calls. Um, they're, they put up with a lot more pressure. They put up with a lot more scent. I've never had so many deer downwind of me and I don't, I don't use ozonics or anything like that. I just, I mean, I have, I have a scent, I use scent control sprays and always keep my stuff in tow. It's better than that. Um, I've had tons of deer downwind of me and they might, put their nose up a little bit, maybe a little flick of the tail, but then they just put their head back down, keep feeding, keep on their, whatever run they're on or whatever. They don't, they don't bust, they don't blow. Here in Northern Michigan, if, if a doe gets even a little bit of my wind, it's stomping and blowing and the whole, every, the whole county knows that I'm (laughs) hunting. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen the same thing. It's it's frustrating in Michigan and and a breath of fresh air when you get out to some of these these states that um you know like Kansas, Nebraska and uh it's just really fun, man. It's a totally different world. I I I try to encourage everybody to just leave the confines of of Michigan. Not not that there's anything again wrong with hunting in Michigan or anything. I love it. Right. You love it. Um it's just a whole different experience when you get out of state to some of these different places and you know get to experience some of these new things. Yeah, I I just really think that everyone should every serious bow hunter should at least experience the rut in the Midwest at least one time in their life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So um, in regards to getting permission to this this property in Nebraska, um, have you looked around for any other farms? Have you explored any public land that maybe is in close proximity, or are you just kind of focusing on this 140-acre piece? I, we pretty much just focused on this 140-acre piece. Um, I'd need to need to start knocking on doors and getting more permission on different, different properties. Cause this, I don't, the landowner's not going to be alive much longer. Um, I'm actually wondering if this is going to be the last year that we get out there might have one more year. Start figuring out something here soon because, um, now that we've made friends out there, lodging is for, for my wife and I, we can go out there. Lodging's free. We oh, stay that's with great. a couple. Yeah. We stay with a couple that we've, we've met. And, uh, so it's really a cheap hunt for us. The over the counter tags, not too much. I think it's like two fifty. Yep. And then, uh, man, lodging's paid for and you bring all your own food and stuff like that. So, and you're not, you're not doing anything besides sitting in a tree. So you're not really spending any other money. So you can get away <laughs> with it for pretty cheap. Yeah. But, uh, well, it's cool how you can develop a relationship too. I've, I've found the same thing with, with some of the farmers that I've met in Western Kansas and, you know, I continue to hunt there every other year or whenever I draw that tag and, you know, it's free access, um, you know, but I'm in the same boat that, you know, I, I can never have enough <laughs> access. So you might as well <laughs> just go drive around yeah. and knock on some doors because you never know. And what I've found too with some of these more Western states is it's easier. Um, not that it's like easy by any means, but it, as you know, in Michigan or some of these more pressured states where you got you know, a million hunters out there, it's, it's pretty tough to get a yes. But when you move into some of these States with, with lower, just general population of hunters, it's, it's a little easier to, to get gain permission and, and hunt for free in a, in a lot of aspects. Yeah, it's, it, it is incredible. It's, it's a completely different mindset out there. There it's a, yeah, sure. Come on, come on out and hunt. I mean, so I, like I said, I got permission in 2010 to hunt this farm. And I, like I said, I, I kept in contact with everyone, just in touch. Hey, how you doing? How was your season? Stuff like that. But 2016 rolled around and I had to make the call of like, all right, I got to get like real permission to go back out there again. I haven't seen anyone in six years. And I made the call like, hey, um, buddy and I are thinking about, coming out to Nebraska and hunt, do you have any, you know, public land that you could point us in the direction of or anything like that? And they were like, why don't you just hunt the farm you hunted last time? There's plenty of room for the two of you. It's like, <laughs> you have to ask. It's like, <laughs> all right, that's I'll, great. I'll, we'll definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, well, thanks for bringing that up. I, uh, I thought you would never bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> you go well, in with the right uh, intentions and it, and it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. So you, um, from what you had kind of, we were talking about a little bit earlier, you kind of did the same thing with Iowa, right? I mean, maybe it wasn't necessarily a connection because you worked out there years prior, but you you also did some door knocking this summer and, and, uh, what, what kind of outcome did, did that bring? Um, so yeah, I, had a theory that if I knocked on a door with my buddy, him and I, who are going to Iowa, we drew, 
you know, we put in, we apply, we did the pull preference point thing, and then we drew mm-hmm. with like just intention of hunting public land. But we were going to go knock on doors, and uh, I had this idea like, okay, if him and I roll up to a house and knock on the door and do the whole conversation and introduce ourselves and say, hey, you know, just wondering if you'd let me hunt here, blah, blah, blah. I figured it was just going to be a lot of no's. And then I had this idea that if I did it with my wife, I'd probably get at least one or two more yeses than I would if it was me and my buddy. So I talked to my, Smart man. I talked to my wife. Yeah, I talked to my wife into going and knocking on doors with me. And uh, we got super lucky. And uh, the third door we knocked on, the guy was, uh, he was like, yeah, like, well, you know, I've got, we've got a few people hunting here already. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is a no. And uh, he's just like, so I guess I don't see what that'd be a problem if you guys hunt here too. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, so we kind of got permission that way. And then um, just after talking to him more and then looking on uh, Onyx maps and realizing like everyone around him has the same last name, just started talking to him and he's like, Oh yeah, my cousin owns that 200. My brother owns that 200. If you go ask them and let them know that I gave you permission on my farm, they'll let you hunt their farm too. So we ended up getting permission on like 700 acres. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's actually too much. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't say that, Bob. There's never too much. (laughs) I know. I know. So, uh, so yeah, we were, we were super fortunate. I got permission there. And then, uh, yeah, my buddy, my buddy that I'm hunting with, his name's Mike. He, uh, him and I went out there and scouted in uh, August. We hung some tree stands, some cameras. And I had, I had thrown a couple cameras up when I was out there with my wife in July. And, uh, yeah, we've got, there's a few nice bucks around. We're pretty excited. There's, uh, there's, there's it's going to be a, a cool, hunt to watch uh the rut slash post rut kind of unfold it's a great it's a great amount of uh bucks to does around there oh yeah so. i was a different world i i hunted there last year with my buddy joe wilson and it was it was pretty amazing i there i remember one morning i hunted i i had seen 11 bucks before i think 9 a.m and we were hunting kind Holy of, smoke. yeah, it was, it was, it was unreal. And, uh, but you know, one of the things, I mean, we were hunting all public stuff, but one of the big takeaways for me, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm playing inside the lines, right? Like the public land is the public land and that's all I have. I, I kind of had this mindset that Iowa was, you know, similar to maybe not necessarily Michigan, but it would, it would be tougher to gain access than, than let's say Kansas, Western Kansas, where I was used to. So I didn't even really think about knocking on doors, but we had met these guys that were also from Michigan that were hunting out there at the same time. And man, they knocked on doors the first day they got access to one farm. I think it was a couple hundred acres. And then, um, you know, that didn't really pan out. They kept hunting some other public and then just kept knocking on doors throughout their kind of you know, 10 day hunt. And, and I think midway through like the first week they got permission to hunt this. I think it's like a, wasn't very big. I think it was like a hundred eight, 180 acre piece. And they ended up killing two. Uh, one was a, a booner that they killed off it, uh, the first morning. And then the, the next morning, um, 
his other buddy went in there and killed a, I think a 140 or a 150. Um, but it just goes to show like, you never know. I mean, you just need to go in and, and, and what's the worst that's going to happen. They're going to say no. And, and you move on to the next one, but at least you tried. And if you do get it, it, it opens up a whole nother world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, and we, we scouted some public too. I actually, I threw a camera up on public and, I uh, checked it a couple weeks later when uh, my buddy and I were scouting, and there was a there was a great probably a better buck on public than any of the bucks we had on uh, the, the private. Not not that that means anything. I mean that's all way back in July and you know summer ranges and all that. But the public land in Iowa is absolutely incredible. Half of it is ag land. Half of it's beans and corn, and it's like I got, I got to talking to a local guy. He was like, yeah, they lease all the public land out to farmers. And so like, it's, it's just absolutely incredible for deer hunting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same thing I experienced. And when I look at Iowa, it's like, if, if you had this perfect image of, you know, ideal whitetail habitat, as far as like crops to trees, to cover, to draw, to hardwoods, um, it's just like it's the perfect mix of everything, and I can see why the deer hunting is so good there. Um, so I, I'd say yeah. you're in for a treat, man. I, this is—is is this your first time hunting Iowa? It it is. Yes, it is. Nice, nice. And you you said you're going to be hunting more kind of the post rut, or so is that maybe more mid November, kind of in that standpoint? Yeah, we are. We drive out there November seventh. And then we're hunting the eighth through the eighteenth. So okay. yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's rut or post rut. I know the rut's a little different there compared to here in Michigan. But um, I've talked to a lot of guys that hunt the Midwest, and they a lot of a lot of, a lot of stuff I'm reading is a lot of guys keep talking about that middle part to late part of November, which we're not out there november you know it's still it's definitely middle but they say like that's kind of when you have your your big bucks looking for that second or third doe to breed and they're just they become more and more visible because they just have to travel more and more to find you know just one last hot doe so we've heard heard a lot of good things about that time frame which you know i think any time in november in iowa you're probably going to be doing all right so yeah no i think i think you're spot on there i mean um you know we hunted i think last year i think it was like the fifth i want to say it's the fourth or fifth through like the 12th something like that and you know there's it's it's i I think you're spot on i mean i if i could have done it again i wish we would have pushed it back a little bit and kind of tried to hit a little bit more of that that middle november um just because it was it was a little bit sporadic in the beginning, but it always is, you know, a lot of it depends on the weather, but I would say you're doing good. I think, I think your good move there is that you're spending 10 days. And, um, that's one thing that I, I talk about that I, you know, kind of regret is like you put all that time into, you know, scouting and waiting three or four years to draw that tag. And you only spend, you know, let's say six, six days of hunting, um, you know, it's really tough to get it done, especially for your first time. And, and if I could do it over again, I would, I would block off two weeks and that's probably what I intend to do 
for next trip that I take to Iowa, I want to, I want to really block off some time so I can get it done. Cause it's like I said, you, you put a lot of time and effort into it. So I think you made a good move there. Yeah. Th- thank you. You're, uh, you're the third or fourth person to say that. So I, I'm crossing my fingers, hope it holds true. And, uh, I'm trying to, trying to manage expectations and, um, I have, I've never really shot a, a really big buck or anything like that. Um, nothing close. I don't even think I've got a Pope and Young under the belt, but I'm just, I just can't wait to just watch the Midwest rut unfold. That's just, I have such a draw to that. I mean, even if I just went out there and sat in a tree stand and filmed for someone and they went hunt, I think I'd be perfectly happy, but, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm stoked to have a tag in my pocket. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be cool. So, um, so you mentioned all this filming and everything where, um, where can we go to kind of check out some of your, some of your hunts, uh, website, YouTube channel. Tell us about that. Yeah, I've got both. Uh, I've got a website, uh, hybridoutdoors.com and then, um, YouTube's, uh, same thing, hybrid outdoors, same with Instagram, Facebook, both got pages on that all hybrid outdoors. Um, just, uh, kind of a blend of hunting and and fishing. I probably do, uh, as much fishing here in Michigan as I do hunting, um, you know, Midwest and out West and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, always, always filming stuff and trying to just put, uh, I don't know, it's, it's almost a hobby at this point. It definitely doesn't pay any bills. So, um, (laughs) it's fun. uh, it's, It's just cool. Yeah. It's cool to reflect back and, I know I've got a lot of buddies that have enjoyed um, the effort and stuff like that. And I've got a lot of family members that are kind of just like, you know, those are pretty cool. It's cool to be able to follow along on your hunt and stuff like that. So it's more of a, more of a personal hobby at this point. So yeah, yeah, but, that's uh, cool. yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. There's a couple of uh, whitetail hunts from Nebraska on there. There's a really good Montana elk hunt on there that you had mentioned earlier with Chris. And then there's uh, there's a f- quite a few uh, steelhead fishing videos that are um, are pretty pretty stellar as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, de- I'll definitely link to that on my website for people to go check out. And uh, yeah, that filming thing—that's a whole nother level, man. Like you know, especially from hunting and 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 bringing all the equipment and making sure you got the f- shot on film. Like that's a whole different animal. And I I actually tried that years ago, and I was just like, man. It just isn't for me. I I kind of just like less. I, I'm more on the mindset for me. I'm like less is more. Uh, I just need less gear. But that's hats off to you, man. Anybody who does that and films hunts, that's uh that's a whole nother level. That's really cool. Yeah, pros and cons again. It's uh it's fun <laughs> to be able to look back and reflect, but um yeah, it it becomes a, a hassle, especially when you're hunting five, six, seven days in a row. It you know having enough space on a memory card um always having batteries charged and stuff like that and then you know, every time you get in a tree stand and get out you're putting up a tree arm setting up your camera yep. taking it back down all all that stuff so it, it can get old but you you look back on it and uh i don't know it's 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 fun to relive some things i'll probably throw up uh uh, my last Nebraska hunt on my uh, Facebook page here soon. And I know anytime I watch those, I usually get pretty fired up and same with, uh, 
yeah, before I'm going steelhead fishing or anything like that, I'll throw one of those videos on and <laughs> usually get pretty fired up to do do whatever. So it's just fun to reflect and, and have those memories. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, cool, man. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on here. Definitely good luck this fall, and, and I'll be following along for sure, especially in Nebraska and, and Iowa. So wish you nothing but the best. Hope everything goes good. And, and uh, yeah, again, appreciate you coming on, Bob, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, if any of your listeners have uh, any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and then on top of that, if anyone has any questions on uh, – filming setup uh feel free to send me a private message on facebook or something like that this will be do my first year trying to film with uh, a dslr and 4k and uh it's yeah it's we'll see how it goes (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not easy so got it got it well cool man well uh yeah thanks again and and have a good night all right man good luck this year All right, another episode in the books. Thanks again to Bob for coming on the show. And thanks to you guys for tuning in. If you like what you're hearing, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast at, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Leave us that five-star review. That'd be much appreciated. The Transition Wild podcast is hosted on the Western Big Game feed. Um, So make sure you subscribe to that one if you're looking to get more content from myself. And if you, you know, like what you're hearing, you can also subscribe there. That would be much, much appreciated and would mean a lot. I'm seeing a lot of big deer going down. This is uh, first week of November when I'm recording this. And man, so there's some giants hitting the dirt. I've really got the itch to get out there and go whitetail hunting and uh, listening to Bob talk about Nebraska and Iowa I just can't wait to get out there and, and try out a new state in Oklahoma. And and I think that's one of the things we, we really drove home. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to be had if you just put yourself out there. Knock on some doors, go check out some public land, go on that first western, you know, whitetail hunt or first out of state hunt. It'll change your life, man. It opened up open up my eyes and I'm sure it'll it'll do the same for you. So you only live once. Uh, life is short. Buy the gear, buy the tags, plan the hunt, and and uh, experience memories that will last a lifetime, whether it be with friends or family. That's what it's all about. I hope you guys are being safe out there. Hope you guys are having fun. I look forward to um, my, again, my, my whitetail hunt. I'm, I'm jealous of all you guys out there in the stand. I, I miss it. It's, it's in my blood, and uh, I just can't wait to to experience some of that November whitetail rut. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon.